Hey there everyone, welcome back to Lauren Toll. Thanks for giving us a listen today. My name is Talison, I use they them pronouns. My name is Lexi, I use she her. And today, we're talking about Demogorgon. Ooh. I'm so excited to share this with y'all. So, Lexi, what do you know, what do you think of when I say the word Demogorgon? Oh, man. Okay. I know next to nothing about Demogorgon. Okay. I know that it is the shape of a man. Okay. It's a human humanoid. With a head that looks, yeah, 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 humanoid. But is it classified as a humanoid? I don't know. But it's sort of like physically looks mm-hmm. like a humanoid. Uh, and then has like a head that looks kind of like a flower, but with a lot of teeth. Okay. And I know that it's in Stranger Things. Yep. But I don't watch that show because it's too scary. Which is valid. And that's a that's about all I know. Okay. So it's it's a type of creature to you, right? Yes. I don't even know if I don't know if it's like rooted in crypt cryptids. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from. I have no, I know nothing about. Okay. It. This was the first surprise for me because I, that was my main association of dem- the word demogorgon as well. O- outside of Greek mythology and knowing what the gorgons are in Greek mythology, um, I never connected that it might be related to like gorgons it's not surprisingly oh what was the first big thing that was surprising to me was demogorgon is a name of an entity not a type of creature so demogorgon is one person so it's so there's only one of them there's only one so what is it he's a he's a tanari demon prince from the 88th level of the abyss specifically the gaping maw okay that checks out yeah that checks out gaping (laughs) but it gets big floral teeth yeah. So that's not what he looks like, but we'll get back to that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Demogorgon first appeared in Eldritch Wizardry, which is a supplement to the original Dungeons & Dragons rules in 1976. Okay. He has appeared in every edition since. Um, in 5th edition, he finally appeared in Morningkind Presents Monsters of the Multiverse, released May of 2022. Okay. So as I briefly mentioned, he's a Tanari demon prince. There's actually no standard appearance for this race. It's influenced by the environment they live in. Ooh. And he lives in the abyss, which is different for anyone who is not familiar with how the hierarchy of of the planes works in Dungeons and Dragons. It's not the same as the hells. The abyss and the hells are different places. The abyss is an outer plane and home to demons, while the hells are an outer plane that are home to devils. This is one of the things when people ask you, what is something you haven't understood about D&D yet? It's the whole devils, demons, and planes hell part. Yeah. Yeah, so demons are from the abyss and devils are from hells. The way I remember it is relating to the, because the nine hells is like the nine circles of hell. Right. In um, Dante's Inferno? Yes, thank you. (laughs) In Dante's Inferno. And devils in Christianity are from hell. That's how I always remember it, is like the association with that, even Mm -hmm. though it's not necessarily always devils in in Dungeons and Dragons and in tabletop games in general are not always related to Christianity and are from many different cultures, not just Christianity. The abyss is a different place and the abyss is where demons come from. Demogorgon lives in the 88th layer of the abyss known as the Gaping Maw. It's known to be filled with jungles and ocean vine flats. And there's a bit more that I'm gonna talk about, but we have to get into what he looks like first. So I just now have questions about like how the abyss operates. If on one level we've got jungles and how many levels, I know this probably isn't a question you have answers to, but like, how does that function as a location? 
Yeah. I think I think that's something that we should dig into yeah. like, as an episode on its own because there are, I'm just, I'm kind of chuckling and putting in quotes, uh, 666 levels of the abyss. Oh, of course, of course. Okay, checks out. Yep. All right. But in somewhere in canon, supposedly a group has reached the 679th level of the abyss. Theoretically, like the actual number of layers in the abyss is not known. There are at least hmm. 666 layers of the abyss. How do you like, oh man, I've now got questions about the abyss. How do you go from layer to layer? Do you like Can fall? you imagine that elevator ride? Yeah. Do, do you, you like fall elevator? through a tunnel like in the caves in Stardew Valley? How do you get to the other <laughs> levels? <laughs> Just click your heels and say, yeah. I want to go to the 657th layer. I have no idea how it works. I have so many questions. Special special uh special Dorothy shoes for every level yeah maybe them. <laughs> green one blue. I wonder if planar shift if you would have to have a, a piece of metal from the specific layer you want to go to well because it's all one plane yeah but it's all Ooh. different levels I wonder I've got so many questions about the abyss now these are things that I need to explore now okay <laughs> what about the demigorgon <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing about demigorgon mm-hmm he is referred to by one name, but he's actually two people. Demogorgon has two heads with two distinct personalities. The left head is Amuel. I think it's Amuel. It's spelled like Samuel, but with two A's at the beginning. So I'm going to say, I'm, if anyone has, can direct me to whether that's the correct way to, I couldn't really find online whether that was correct. Uh, Amuel, he is said to be the more charismatic and calculating of the two. And then the right head is Hathrodia and is okay. said to be impulsive and feral, but is still, refer- this is where I'm very confused and I could not find why they are not individually referred to. He's still referred to in the singular as Demogorgon, even though he is in fact two separate people. I'm going to read you what Forgotten Realms said. They had a really good description of him. The demon towered a full 18 feet in height, his body at once sinuous like that of a snake and powerful like that of a great ape. Two baleful baboon heads with blue and red faces similar to those of a mandrel. I will note mandrels have a while ago, they were classified no longer as baboons. They are a separate kind of ape. Leered atop from his lumbering shoulders, from which two long tentacles writhed. His lower torso was saurian, which means lizard-like, like some great reptile with blue-green scaly skin. He had an immense forked tail. That's a lot of body parts. So he's pretty... It's a lot of body parts. He's pretty, like, mismatched. He's actually an original character. I could not find where things were pulled from other cultures. He very much seemed, from what I could find in my research, an original character who was kind of, like, dreamed up by Gary Gygax. I think this was one. Also, if someone else has a correction to this, (laughs) please tell me. Because all I could find that he was, was that he was an original character by Gary Gygax. Some more fun facts about Demogorgon. He's worshipped, but not to the extent of, like, deities. He's mainly worshipped by a cult. Okay. And then also a couple of different, like, species, Kuotoa, which are those, like, fish head people. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They worship Demogorgon. Um, he is okay. available as a warlock patron for evil warlocks. His domains are chaos, corruption. It's a demonic just demonic things okay. and evil. So he's definitely for an evil warlock. And the powers that he gives his warlocks are very similar to his own powers, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, he's speculated to be the first of the Tanari. Another legend says that he was once a primordial, which in the hierarchy of specifically Dungeons and Dragons canon with deities is the same level as gods, but more of like a pure force than like an influential ent- entity that's worshipped. That's the best. Okay. 
differentiation hmm. that I could see between primordials and gods was that like primordials are kind of this pure force of a concept where the girl the gods are like the concept made human you know like that kind of thing yeah that makes sense so some really interesting things going on there <laughs> yeah I will say the construction sort of like conglomeration of body parts from other animals does remind me of a lot of the ways that we as humans throughout history have made narratives about creatures so like the the jersey devil for example who's like got what, like the head of a capybara and body of something else he certainly kind of falls into that cryptid local legend feel yeah. of creature rather than Specifically, Gorgons are their own creature in Dungeons & Dragons that are directly pulled from Greek myth. So yeah, he's definitely more of an amalgamation of like several things and several animals as opposed to directly being able to point to a specific thing from any mythology in the world and being like, that's it. It's actually very hard to find a lot of things about Demogorgon. There's not a lot written about him despite him being in every single edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Hmm. There's like his specific like pages and manuals, but there's not much really outside of that. It was actually pretty difficult to find some things on him beyond some like basic basic stuff but you're absolutely right it has a cryptid feeling in the way that it's described mm-hmm. and that's interesting i had never made that connection before yeah okay so now one of the fun parts i'm gonna share my screen with you okay um and you're gonna see him kind of like through the ages okay i'm ready that is not what i pictured <laughs> look at how noodly those arms are I would like to just point to the fact right here that that is straight up Tigger's head from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, you're right. This is the you're this right. is the first edition slash advanced D and D version of Demogorgon. And as an animator, as a former animator, I the second I saw this, I was like, someone copied Tigger's face for this, and that's incredible. Definitely, definitely not a mandrel there. Yeah, barely. I hang on. I'm gonna look up what a mandrel looks it's like. It's got the the like snout. I don't know what they're called. I don't know what they're called. I don't know mandrel anatomy. They've got like kind of that vibe. Oh, I looked up a mandrel. Okay. I now know what they look like. But he's got digitigrade legs. So for people who don't know what digitigrade legs are, if you look at the hind leg of a dog, Mm -hmm. that's a digitigrade leg. So like the balls of the feet touch the ground. It looks like they have two knees, but the one that faces backwards is actually their ankle and then their knee is higher up. So he's got that going on. Into third edition, we see a bit more of a direct iteration of the mandrel in the faces. His tentacles are a little more terrifying. Oh, okay. Still such noodly arms. Such very noodly arms, very noodly arms. He's got spikes now on those arms. Yeah. And they, and they, they, they fork which I think is interesting as we get into fourth edition. All right. The arms are so new, but he's got a, he's got like a honk and bicep now. Like he can, he's like turned from noodly, he's buff, full noodly figure (laughs) to (laughs) slightly, slightly scarier to just let's give this thing as many muscles as we can. Yeah. But also some spikes. Let's make this some nightmare fuel. (laughs) Yeah. One of them has a necklace on. He's accessorizing. Love that. Yes, that is that is Hephrodia. Okay. On that side. I do like as a design thing, as an anatomical thing, this would not work the way it's drawn as well as they have it. I do like where the forearm bones are, where it turns from mm-hmm. like what we would like to say are forearm bones into the tentacles. That's pretty interesting. But yeah, like sp- splits like fingers, but mm-hmm. weird very interesting. 
and then fifth edition pure nightmare fuel if that if that was coming at me i would just i would just faint on the spot sorry i'm just i'm just i'm just taking it all in yeah less <laughs> we're back to like less of a mandrel more of a like pure demon ape kind of face definitely fourth edition i think with the like muscles made it look mo- more humanoid mm-hmm. and also the fact that they like it had like a loincloth and like a necklace so that had some like more human features yeah this doesn't though this is just no, full this is monster demon from the 88th level of the abyss yeah yeah he's got those lovely like kind of dinosaur legs now as opposed to just like lizard like it's like fully leaning into like the dinosaur kind of aspect of that it is a lot more dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Pretty interesting. That's a big change from first edition. I to know. Edition. And and anyone who's listening, well, I'll make sure I have with all these pictures up when we post this episode so you can take a look yourself. But yeah, from kind of wow. goofy looking to oh god, nightmare fuel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Huh. laughs> um, I have a hard time understanding first edition rules even watching people explain them online okay. in video form. So we're not going to go over his first edition anything. Okay. <laughs> pretty much because the way they use certain terms are not used the same way in game now. I will, however, go over some of the things for some of his stats for fifth edition. Okay. Yeah. What can he, what can he do? What does that guy do? So he has armor class of 22. Okay speed of 50 real hard to hit real fast real hard to hit real fast yep but i i would assume not because he's dexy uh no he only has a dex of 14 his strength power is 29 his charisma is 25 cool okay warlock (laughs) patron i guess yeah checks out Uh, and his and his constitution is 26 so he's a hefty boy hefty boy (laughs) He is resistant to cold, fire, and lightning damage. He is immune to poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing that is non-magical. Okay, yeah, that, that, yeah. They just give that to all high-level monsters. (laughs) (laughs) He's immune to being charmed, exhaustion, frightened, or poisoning. Okay. Oh, as conditions. So, yeah, he's immune to poison, so obviously he can't be poisoned. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, He has true sight for 120 feet. Passive perception. Give me a guess of what you think his passive perception is. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think he's very wise, but I think his perception is high. So I'm going to say 22. 29. Oh, ain't nothing okay. given by his two heads. Ain't no, nothing. I guess. Yeah, it would be higher because you, you could have one. Yeah, you could always. Yeah, you got two heads so you, you can see more. Yeah. So he has kind of the typical, you know, three times a day legendary resistance going on. Right. He has, because of his two heads, because of both Amuel and Hetherdia, he has advantage on saving throws against being blinded, deafened, stunned, or knocked unconscious. Oh, yeah, because you, yeah. Wait, you can't knock him unconscious? Mm-hmm. So you can't, how do you? You have to hit both. Oh. You'd have to hit both to knock okay. him unconscious. Okay. I think, I wonder if that means, like, direct hit him in the back of the head with a club knock unconscious, you know? Like, surprise attack knock unconscious? Maybe. Because you'd have to get... Maybe unconscious the level. condition, not unconscious, zero HP? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right. His actions... Mm-hmm. The one that I found most interesting was uh, his gaze. He has a magical gaze that he can turn toward one creature within 220 feet. So he can see quite... 29 perception. Of course he can see quite far. 
Yeah, so the game master would roll on a d6 to see which kind it is. There's beguiling gaze, confusing gaze, or hypnotic gaze. Mm. Ain't nothing getting past him. No. So he's a pretty formidable foe. He's kind of up there, I think, with how we think of, like, Vecna as, like, a final boss. Like, Demogorgon's definitely on that, like, mid mid to high level boss end of things. What's what's his CR? Uh, challenge rating of, I think it's a 26. Which D&D monsters' challenge ratings are always lower than they should be. The yeah. official ones, which is just true. Uh, his challenge rating is 26. Okay. Which is up there. It's up there. Definitely, up there. definitely a group attack, not so much a solo mission thing. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. You're going to get squashed if you're going up there alone or you're going up there low levels. But how's the low level adventure going to get to the 200th yeah. level of the abyss? I don't remember what level 88th. it was. 88th. Okay. Okay. So I additionally like could not find any interpretations I mean, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure it was just that they're buried deep somewhere on the internet. Uh, I could not easily find people's interpretations of him in games. Okay. It was a little difficult. So I put a little little survey on social media uh, and Reddit to see if people had interacted with him. Because people I know personally have not interacted with him in campaigns or used him. Yeah, I've never encountered... Clearly never encountered a Demi... Sorry, not a. Demi Gorgon, because it's his name. Yeah. So... I got 17 responses. Okay. 68.8% of people had not encountered him in games. So it seems like he's maybe, I mean, this is a very, very limited, this is 17 people, but like maybe he's not as common as we think he is. I would love to get more people to answer this. So I will probably keep this survey open for listeners to answer. We'll post it on our social media. Yeah, because I would love to get more responses to this. I asked if he had been changed from, like, the canon description of him, and if so, how. One person said, he looks less like a goofy hybrid animal and more like a goofy anime demon, which I love. I love that. I love that. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else said, D&D has his own that is, I'm fairly certain, different from the allegedly OG Greek, which we're going to talk about in a moment, and everyone else is going to have some other take, for example, Stranger Things. So I don't really know how that relates to if he was changed. I think they were just referring to the fact that Stranger Things demon looks nothing like that. Gotcha. I asked survey takers if they would consider using Demogorgon in your game. We got kind of a, only 16 out of the 17 people answered this, so it's not like a even third split of yes, no, maybe around the same amount of people answering that and i also asked if so if you were going to use him uh, are there changes you would make one person said wouldn't use it unless running something stranger things related so i do want to mention there is a completely different and we'll talk about this more in the stranger things section there's a completely different stat block for the stranger things creature because that creature obviously is not demogorgon with a capital d Mm mm-hmm Someone else said, I would revise his combat abilities to increase his threat. Which is fair. I think that's pretty common, especially if you've got a group of adventurers, you know. I mean, if you had a group of 20 level adventure, like, level 19, level 20, they'd win so fast. So quickly. Because monsters in 5e are not designed to be played. No. Players go up to level 20. The official monster stat blocks, every level 20 character could squish all the monsters immediately with ease. Oh yeah. Uh, he's only got like 464. His like de- his default hit points are like 464. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the fact that like level 18, 19, 20 level PCs can do 200 damage in a turn yeah. if they have a good turn. Yeah. So he's like, he's like the final boss for maybe a campaign that goes up to level 10. Like 
Yeah, as written. As written, of yeah. course. Change those stat blocks um, if you like. Has Demogorgon influenced or inspired other monsters in your game? For the most part, people said no. Once one person said, sure, I guess. Okay. And one person said they died in the end of the last campaign. I didn't think of this. I think that's a good idea to to question what we should use for pronouns for Demogorgon because he's referred to as singular he, but is he technically a they uh, with two people? <laughs> I don't know. Pronouns of monsters. It's so confusing. I Unless the monster has come out and told me what pronouns they are, I don't yes. know what to use. And yes. this monster, I do not believe, has come out and told me what their pronouns are. No. So I have been using Demogorgon, he as please. the default for one sake of recording. And also because yeah. that's just what I made the default. Hey, Debbie Gorgon, if you exist in the world and you want to <laughs> tell us what your pronouns are, we will happily please. switch to them. Thank you. Please only contact us for that reason and no other reason. That's it. Everything else, you'll get a block button from me. If you, sh- if you show up as my, as my nightmare fuel tonight, just to tell me those, um, I respectfully yeah. decline any other offers of, of contact. Only pronouns. And once, you, <laughs> once I know them, I got it from here I'll on out. i use them. <laughs> respectfully, sir. I don't want your late night uh, warlock patron requests. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need a warlock patron protocol. Just your pronouns. Please and thank you. <laughs> okay, so back to like actually reading this answer. Someone did say they died in the end of the last campaign, so they would be fighting to reclaim their place as rightful ruler of the abyss. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to me Yeah, uh, that they could come back in this person's second campaign. All right. So what what was Demogorgon before D&D? I have two different definitions for you. Oxford English Dictionary says, okay. the name of a powerful and terrible god or demon associated with hell or the underworld. Okay. Merriam-Webster says, a mysterious spirit or deity often explained as a primeval creator god who antedates the gods of greek mythology i could not find a lot about that i don't always trust miriam webster so much with their definitions they tend to kind of have biased definitions and things uh is miriam webster one of the good ones or am i thinking of someone else who's like super biased i don't know i will say that i mean all all dictionaries i don't know if yeah, yeah 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 they're written by people it's fine I don't know if it particularly is biased one way or another, but I will say probably that definition is based off of, to some degree, the like existing literature from D and D and from uh, pop culture and from media. Yeah. Do you know when it was introduced I as do. a term? Okay, so origin of the word demogorgon is actually more than likely a scribal error of the transcribing the Greek word demiurgos, which means craftsman okay. or artisan. When it was translated into Latin. Oh, um, so lots the, of errors were made when stuff was translated into Latin. Yeah. Uh, earliest recorded use is in a commentary of Statius's Thebaid, 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 I'm not sure how to, right. by Lanctantius Placidus around the 4th century CE, common era. Thebaid is a Latin epic poem about two brothers. Etiocles and Polynices who fought over the throne of Thebes. Okay. So that's where it comes from. It kind of generally refers to demons. I could not find a good solid description of what a Demogorgon would look like in that context. Yeah. 
it was kind of just a dem- a general like you know devils demons demogorgon yeah group together kind of thing is what i could find um it was pretty hard to find that kind of stuff it was interestingly hard especially since some of these definitions of the word demogorgon refer to it being before the gods of greek mythology so if anyone has resources please god send them my way shoot us an email we'll do an update (laughs) i did i did so much digging and i just could not find an answer and that's sometimes the way it is it 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 is what it is (laughs) outside of dungeons and dragons it has been included variations of demogorgon have been included in baldur's gate Uh, NetHack and Forbidden Forest, which is not related to Harry Potter. Um, The only three of those that I recognize is Baldur's Gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is still Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Just like different iteration. It's it's still owned by Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And then everyone who has been alive in the last seven years knows, (laughs) at least probably seen once or twice, that's a vast generalization. The Stranger Things interpretation of a Demogorgon, which is that humanoid uh, with the oversized hands and feet. It still has those di- digitigrade legs. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So that, that looks like it was kind of a holdover, which is pretty neat. But with that flowering head, doesn't really have eyes. Doesn't Does not have two heads. Does. Has one head, lots of teeth. One, one head, lots of teeth. It looks like a carnivorous plant. That's yes. what it was, partially what it was based off of. There's also demodogs in Stranger Things, but I learned in my research that demodogs are actually just a juvenile demogorgon. Oh. Um, so they're really, it's just like a stage. Uh, they, they kind of are referred to as two different things in the show, but that's what I could find. The creators referred to it as like, a, it's actually just a juvenile demogorgon. So then, so then the show classifies demogorgon as a race? As a race, of beings yes. And yes. not as a singular name title Correct. for one being. And we do see them, um, I will give a brief season four spoilers warning, um, in episode eight of season four, we do see them being tank grown oh, by, okay. yes, by the Russian government in the prison in season four. So there are many of them. They actually have a hive mind in Stranger Things. Kind of like mind flares. Yes. Which I found interesting. And the suspected overarching big bad of Stranger Things is called the Mind Flayer. So I think that was really interesting, a really interesting hmm. thing to add. So they have a hive mind that does connect back to the Mind Flayer. It seems like it cr- connects back, from what I could gather, it does connect back to what they call Vecna in the show as well, right. because uh, they do try to, they are trying to take down the Demogorgons in Russia to affect Vecna back in the US. My God, this show sounds... It's it's very <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of strings going around, a lot of pins. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I again have I do not watch this show. I'm a little too scared of it, which is okay. Which is completely valid. It is exactly the level of spooky I can take, and I still have to look away sometimes. There are some things, especially especially in season four, that get real body horror for me, and I am not a body no, horror person. No. So the design, as I said, differs from the classic Demogorgon with that flowering head that opens like a carnivorous plant. Mm-hmm. Its teeth, those little spiky teeth, are actually based on a snapping turtle. Don't look that up. Listeners, listeners, Lexi, don't look it up. It's absolutely terrifying. Well, the pictures, I found a pretty neat article that like kind of went over some of the things. But the, the main thing I liked from the article I found was there were pictures of a desk from the people who, from the designers who are working on the design of the Demogorgons. There's a blobfish on the desk which was interesting i don't know how that relates to 
the final design. I mean, they do have that kind of like slick, blubbery looking. I mean, he's got that like pink gray skin. So I guess that kind of makes some sense for the blobfish. And then like I said, he does show that digitigrade leg. The Stranger Things Demogorgon has been in, in packs for video games like Dead by Daylight. So it does, it has persisted beyond that. Okay. Yeah, that's, it's, it's just as terrifying as Demogorgon with a capital D. Uh, pretty. Does it have... I mean, obviously, like, physical features sort of changed mm -hmm. a lot. And, the, I mean, like, the legs remained, but a lot of the other... Like, you'd look at them and not realize they were the same right. named thing. Right. Do they have other connections between, like, temperament or behavior of the show character to the traditional one? No. So, Demogorgon's... Demogorgon on the show is kind of attack on instinct. Okay. Predator kind of thing. They're, they're not so much, like, they have some sentience, but it's not the same as necessarily, like, a, a creature you might fight in D&D. &D. Gotcha. Yeah, like, they're, they're really this interesting humanoid species. Like, they can't talk to you. They make, like, a screeching sound, but hmm. they can't, like, talk beyond that. They don't have eyes. They don't have ears. Not really sure how they find things. Uh, I wonder why they retained the name. So these creatures get named by the kids in the show as like an association to the D&D &D campaigns that they're playing at the time. Well, sure. So like, but like the writers were like, we're going to keep that connection. Yeah. It's not really clear. I'll, let me see if I can Google that real quick. Okay. So it says, a quick Google search says that Eleven named it using the game piece that the boys were playing, one of the game pieces the boys were playing with. Oh. So Eleven, Eleven made the association, and the, and it stuck with the boys. Um, okay. I wonder. Interesting. I don't specifically remember that scene. I wonder if it's. I'll have to go back and watch it. If it was a situation where there was like a lot of that piece on the table, and so she associated hmm. it with like it's a pack because it's got that pack hive mind kind of thing going on. Yeah, I find that so interesting. Then that in the naming of this character as a demigorgon wasn't necessarily intended to connect it. The characters didn't intend to connect it to this. The writers probably had some thoughts, yeah. but th then it like became what is now recognized as a demigorgon from like larger culture and larger, larger media, because like more people are aware of the stranger things demigorgon than the traditional dungeons and dragons demigorgon. If I was to like take a guess. Yeah. I, Oh, I just found, okay. Let me read this real quick. So, I just found a so Bustle says, in the series, Eleven used the D&D wizard figurine and the Demogorgon and the upside down board to explain the upside down and the monster. This led to the kids calling the monster the Demogorgon, but there is also a psychological reason the kids started to use this name, fear of the okay. unknown. One of the most terrifying things about any movie monster is its element of surprise. This unknown is terrifying, which kind of makes sense with a demon yeah, from the abyss. It does that make makes sense. sense. That makes a bit more sense. Um, but I, I just find that shift interesting from like the show, maybe like writers and like characters in the show was just giving it a name based on other names they could call it. But then like it became what is now known as the Demigorgon more so than what initially was created. It's just interesting. Yeah, and I think I think they were trying to make sure because of the time period this show is set in, they were trying to make sure that it was within the context of the yeah, existing absolutely. 
They're not going like, to name it like a myconid, which is feels yeah. like more closer yeah. to the current <laughs> iteration of the demigorgon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of they were trying to, I think it was that combination of they're trying to keep it with what existed in Dungeons and Dragons then, along with what the kids would associate with fear. And demons definitely cause a lot of panic yeah. with fear. So, yeah, interesting. pretty interesting. That's about everything. I would very, very, very much love to hear if anyone has used either iteration of Demogorgon or a different one that's based on Greek interpretations in your campaigns. This was a really interesting topic. I really loved it, but it seems like there's not a lot out there. Like, I, w- I kept saying in this episode, like, as we're recording, that I'm surprised that there wasn't as much that I could find as I thought there would be. Yeah. I thought there would be more influence from maybe an existing creature or something like that, but he definitely feels most like a cryptid mm-hmm. that Gary came up with. So I would love to hear what other people's yeah. interpretations of him are. I mean, looking at it, like the comparisons to cryptids is really interesting and makes a lot of sense in sort of like what its design is and descriptions about where it resides. Like it resides in a place that we can't see it, but it's charismatic and still likes messing with people and like aligns with a lot of these boxes that traditional cryptids do check, which is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no other comments about it other yeah. than like, that's cool. Yeah. 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 He's, he's a pretty cool, pretty cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think I personally don't know if I would use him, but that's because I also don't tend toward horror campaigns and he definitely feels like a horror campaign kind of monster he kind of feels like he would fit in with what people do with cthulhu it draw does feel very in the line of cthulhu yep. and and a lot of that stuff so i personally probably wouldn't but that's because i want to run sci-fi and obviously spooky sometimes but mostly like high fantasy kind of stuff he doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it fit in with high fantasy Maybe no. sci-fi. It might fit in with sci-fi. He, I could see, yeah, I could see adapting him. I keep talking about wanting to a Mass Effect campaign. You could easily adapt him into something that they run into on a planet in Mass, yeah, Mass Effect. You know, absolutely. like as whether as a single creature or as an alien species, I think he would be really easy to adapt into that. But um, it feels distinctly not high fantasy. Yeah. Which yeah. is fun, when it, considering it was one of the earlier monsters and a lot of that really early Dungeons and Dragons was very traditional Tolkien style high fantasy. Yeah, very rigid high fantasy. Yeah, to then have this like creature and monster that doesn't really fit in with it is super fun. Yeah, it's I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I think it's it's neat to see when these different flavors of grimdark and horror were added to the games. Cuz yeah, cuz like before that you're not to say that Lord of the Rings doesn't have the horror aspects of things with like Sauron and stuff, but like it's a very different tone mm-hmm. than a half baboon, half lizard demon creature crawling out of the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> Just feels like a real big tonal shift. <laughs> yeah, real, real big one. Yeah. He is from like Eldritch Wizardry, so it's, you know, that makes sense. Right. He's from when they were really starting to introduce that kind of stuff into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, real Very cool. cool. All right, well, Lexi, where can we find you online? I exist online uh, at Loch Ness Lex, as in Loch Ness the monster, and Lex as in L E X on TikTok and Twitter. 
Where can we find you? I can be found at Archival Raven on Twitter. And if you want to shoot us an email, we're at loreuntold at gmail.com. We are also loreuntold on every social media. And we would really very much appreciate if people could leave us some five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Because while we need them on everything, Apple Podcasts is still the leader in feedback on podcasts. So if you could, you know, say some nice things, give us a little review. We would very much appreciate it. Tell your friends. Yeah, send our podcast to a friend. Send it to your mom. Say, hey, I think this really weird podcast with two people (laughs) nerding out. You might like it. I don't know. Maybe your mom would. Learn some new things. Send it to your send it to your friends who like Stranger Things. Have them learn something new. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye.